Hello and welcome to Beers Without Frontiers episode 8. Today I'm joined by Charles. Hello. And Vicky. Hello. And uh, this time we'll be exploring the world of Brute IPA. Okay, so your first question is going to be, so what is a Brute IPA and why would anyone want to try one? So, uh, basically, in the champagne world, Brute means very dry. Uh, oh, now we've got a tricky word to say here. So there's an enzyme that is used to break down complex sugars from the malts that makes these beers drier. Uh, and Vicky, you can pronounce this, can you? <laughs> Good I, luck. I think it's amyloglucosidase, or okay. amylase. Yes. Or amylase, or often fortunately referred to as AMG. Um, okay. So um, it reduces the malty sweetness of the beer. The results are bone dry IPAs with a minimum of sweetness and a, a like a champagne kind of style. Um, so apparently it originated in San Francisco this style. So I think Charles, you've got a bit more info about this. Yeah, just like I said, I found a really good article online uh, about the birth of the brew IPA. And interestingly, um, it was initially that enzyme was. Okay, how do you say it? <laughs> say it again. Say it again. Uh, yeah. Amyloglucosidase. That's the one. Um, so they used to use that in sort of big, hefty imperial stouts to sort of basically make it a bit easy to drink, not so cloying. Um, but the brewer in San Francisco, a guy called uh, Kim, I presume that's a guy, Kim Sturdevant, brewmaster at Social Kitchen and Brewery, he had been using that enzyme in triple IPAs to help basically tamp down the sugars in the beer. Um, and yeah, just kind of thought, why not throw it into traditional sort of IPA? Normal IPA, yeah. Make it really dry, bone dry, uh, with no residual sugar and and this is where it's sort of come, come in from, really. Mm. Um, and say, it's, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It is. I think um, it's pretty it's pretty new, uh, certainly to the UK, I think, isn't it? It's it's only been the last two or three months that I've seen beers yeah. advertised as this. Well, the first one I think we've seen was the Ridgeside. Yes, that's, that's that what I'd heard. Ridgeside, Through the Looking through Glass. Through the Looking Glass, that's was, right. Um, they're up in Leeds, aren't they, Ridgeside? Yeah. They reckon according to their website anyway, that uh, that was the first brute IPA production brewed in, in the UK. So they, they were the first one. Yeah. Um, we've got some other examples of the style here as well, actually, because they're, they're not still that visible yet, but Cloudwater have done one, which we'll be trying later. Uh, Gypsy Hill, Napa Brute IPA, uh, Odyssey over in Herefordshire, uh, done one super dry brute IPA, and Marble have done a couple as well. So let's get another. Tiny Rebel have recently yes. done one as well. Um, I think that one's called I Am. Brute. I Am Brute, isn't it? I yeah. think. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> like it, I Am Brute. Yes, yeah, yeah. instead of I Am Grouped. That's it. Right. <laughs> nice um, so so obviously. Um, we couldn't go this far without actually drinking one. So we've got one in front of us. What have we got? We have got Siren Hop Fizz. Um, so Siren, you know, a uh, popular brewery from the Reading area. I've had a crack at it. Uh, 6% this one. Um, so, yeah. It's very pale, isn't it, in the glass? It's very kind of effervescent, sort of yellow. Yep. Ha- very slightly hazy. Slight haze. Yeah. Which again, going back into the kind of the style, I don't know. It seems to me that the haze is something that would maybe d- go slightly with the way that this beer's brewed, this style's brewed, maybe. 
Yeah, you um, mean it, it potentially would have been hazier had it have not gone yeah into this kind of style sort of thing because at the effect at, at the end of the day these are kind of it's like an IPA that is it's modified isn't it if they hadn't have put the unpronounceable enzyme in um, then <laughs> I'm a low glucosidase by the end of doesn't it by the end of this podcast you will all be saying that no problem <laughs> yeah I'll call it AMG um, so yeah so what, what are we what are we getting from this then what, what do we think of it what are we getting I think it's quite aromatic. Yeah, it's aromatic. It's quite powerful kind of aroma. Um, it's very distinctive, isn't it? It's it's not your kind of fruit juice sort of aroma, is it? It's it is that winey kind of yeah, definitely. Sort of You've got like a, that, that wine, yeah, with grape, sort of gooseberries maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Which yeah. again, sometimes you can get the winey thing from sours and saisons and stuff. So you're getting a bit of that. But I think what freaks me out with these is. At the moment, my mouth feels like it's got some moisture in it. The minute you take a sip, sip, a sip, sip, sip. That's, a, that's mushrooms, that is. Yeah. The minute you so take a sip. So you can pronounce sip. the enzyme, you can't pronounce three other words. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Effort. Good effort. There you go. And that's only after three sips of that that I can't pronounce that word. Um, yeah, it kind of, it just completely dries my mouth out. And it's, um, which is just... Weird. It's unusual. It's unusual. Yeah, that a liquid dries your mouth yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just going back on the sort of the whole haze front, uh, just reading this article about it, um, basically the style allows for some haze, uh, but nothing obviously comparing to New England style. Mm. Um, and obviously adding hops after the boil gives all the aroma with obviously no bitterness in it. Um, and yeah, the style is typically best at kind of seven and a half percent abv max yeah. i think this is around do you know six, the, look, uh, is it six yeah, and this this is six yeah so it's touch on i think this is actually the we've got a few of these lined up obviously to today and i think this is the the lowest abv one that we've actually got seven seems to be a, a seven and seven point whatever seems to be a, a real benchmark level for uh, for this style yeah um but yeah, it's um, but it's quite yeah, it's quite complex and yeah, it's it's very easy to drink actually. For, I'm finding for yeah. the ABV, um, there's no there's obviously <laughs> none of the cloying kind of mm. sweetness that you'd, you'd obviously get with a you know typical. It's kind of one eighty degrees uh, away from New England IPAs, isn't it? Yeah, really? I was just gonna say because like you said, the the Nipahs you get very. The sweet, they're they're thick, mouthful. They're, you know, there's yeah. all that going on. Yeah, this, this is kind of like a thin yeah. mouthfeel for the ABV. Yeah, yeah, that's the other, which is, as it says, is is kind of part of the product of the the way it's kind of the style. You know, but, um, no, it, it def- is. This is not drinking like a six percenter, is it? It's very very easy to drink. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's yeah, it just makes you want to keep going back and yeah, trying it again really because it's it's just got that yeah. kind of drinkability factor. Mm, definitely. Yeah, it's um so considering it's quite obviously uh, kind of grapey, whiny, that kind of thing. Hops are mandarina, citra, and uh, simcoe. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's um more kind of um yeah, just traditional American hops. But, yeah, but I think yeah, I mean, you think naturally the hops that you might want to use for this beer would be tend to be the New Zealand ones maybe yeah Nelson so and because um, they've got a bit more of that delicate kind of um, yeah. flavour to them like Nelson and like Motueka maybe mm. um, yeah Nelson Sauvignon is 
would be something that would probably work very well. Mm. Definitely. But, um, yeah, I'm enjoying that. That's, um, yeah. So the cloud water one, the lower than zero, do we know why that's they've given it that name? What's that? That is to do with, yeah, the, um, the attenuation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, interestingly, it's to do with the finished gravity, basically, right. or the density of the beer. So if you look at typically... <sighs> A finished kind of gravity for a New England IPA is somewhere between 1.010 to 1.025. And something like, uh, well, obviously, Saison's would be lower again. And then you've got water, which is at 1.000. And then Brute IPA is designed to be lower than water. Ah, so right. Brute would be typically 0.995 uh, or lower uh, right right it is literally as dry as a bone yeah, <laughs> yeah. hence why it's drying my mouth out <laughs> yes there you go so, uh, yes so. maybe not a good idea to have um, been drinking these in that heat wave that we had a, few, a couple of weeks ago no exactly the, exactly the but like i say they seem to have appeared from almost out of nowhere really uh, as a style um so it's it's quite interesting and whether it will last you know it's the taste of time the taste of time <laughs> indeed yeah um so yeah it's, it's interesting you know with this and and has it effectively killed off new england ipas or is that gonna i mean th- those have been around for a couple of years now though and they haven't disappeared have they so there's room for more styles um, juices well hazy juice is, is yeah. here to stay isn't it and i think good that's not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere quick but the thing with the brute style is, is it going to go down the route of a um, black IPA, for example, mm. and kind of disappear style, which is slowly coming back and hope it carries on. Hashtag Bipper come back. Yep. Bring back Magic 8 Ball. Yep. There you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, decent beer. Um, so I guess really we now need to catch up with our hoppy excursions. And uh, since last time we recorded, um, which seems like a quite a while ago, um, what have we been up to? What have we been up to? So we went to the Thornbridge Peak Ender Festival. Um, when was we that? Did, Middle of we? August. Yeah. Yep. So um, yeah, for those that don't know, it's um, yeah basically Thornbridge put their own beer festival on, um, held in the beautiful Peak, Peak District um, in Bakewell. Um, I think we think they've held about four or five events, but yeah, there's only been two at the showground. At the Before showground. that, it was held at Thornbridge Hall yeah, itself on, a, on a, yeah. a considerably smaller scale, I believe. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good uh, yeah. It was a, it was a really good weekend. So they start on the Friday, finish on the Sunday. You can camp from Friday through to Monday morning, but. We wimped out. And did you be and bead? No. no. Oh no 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 no. B and B, B and B all the way. You know. We don't do the camping thing. No 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 no. Why um, you can stay in a five star? <laughs> no 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 no. Just because there aren't just, any just in Bakewell. <laughs> yeah, just an average B and B that only took checks, but you know, st- stuck in a time warp. Um, but hey, it was great. It was it was only over the road from the site, so that was that was cool. And it was good. Um, it was, yeah, all outdoors. There was a couple of beer tents. One one massive beer tent and one. The main bar, one yeah. Beer. And then a smaller one. And then there were two two um, tents. What was great was that um, they've got two then smaller tents where there's lots of events, lots of meet the brewer things, lots yeah. of things like that. And um, yeah, it's just a really good um, friendly atmosphere. There's kids running around. There's loads of hay bales to sit out on outside, but you have to be careful because uh, you have to try and bag one before the kids do demolish them all. <laughs> okay. There's lots of uh, there's lots of hay flying around, wasn't there? By <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Middle of Saturday. So, uh, 
um, yeah, no, it was. No, it's, it was it's a very, um, you know, rural kind of thing. And it's, it's great, you know, uh, the, the weather varied a bit, but it was never, it never really rained or anything, no. did it? And so, like, Saturday afternoon, it's pretty warm, and you just kind of sat there on a hay bale looking up at the Peak District, and it, it you just feel like you're in the middle of the countryside, even though you're like five minute walk from Bakewell Town Centre. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 the only other festival that I've not been that's anywhere like it apparently is like Fine Fest up in Scotland uh, that's a similar kind of thing um, as an outdoor kind of festival um, so yeah uh, fellow podcasters the podfathers themselves Beer O'Clock Show they did a live Hoppinions podcast on the Saturday afternoon which you managed to like I got questioning on yeah, yeah I got questioning on a slightly controversial one but you'll have to listen to didn't you to get ejected no, no, they tried to call security, but uh, they, they, they were they otherwise were busy engaged. Elsewhere, yeah, yeah. They were busy um, mentioned a certain Scottish brewery. Yes, um, but I think I got away with it. Yeah, um, yeah, I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, three of the directors uh, were there taking questions, and uh, it was a, it was an interesting uh, hour. But yeah, the whole show is is available on iTunes and all the other good podcatchers. So anyone who doesn't listen to Beer Park Show, uh, you know, check them out. Seek it out. Seek it out. Um, so yeah, we we went to quite a few of the meet the brewer things, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, which ones did we get? We to? get to so there was Northern Monk, Magic Rock, Tiny Rebel, Beaver Town. That was an interesting one. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that was an interesting one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn with the um, the legend we said is Garrett Oliver, who until that weekend I'd never really heard of, but you kept going on about him. So and, oh, you got to see Garrett yeah, talk. You got to see him talk, and he, he is a the brewmaster of Brooklyn. Is is a legendary raconteur. Um, definitely worth uh you know seeing his his talks uh yeah so i would say that was probably the highlight for for me um so yeah we've got sort of free free samplers uh each of the meet the brewer type talks so for brooklyn they were just handing out whole cans of brooklyn lager to start off with um and i'm not really a huge lager fan but brooklyn lager i've never kind of really although it's available everywhere i've never really had it because i'm just like it's just lager in it but it's a vienna lager with a more amber style big malt base to it as well and i was like wow this is really good it's uh one of those things where i i see if i see it now because it's around quite a bit on tap i'll be i'll be heading for that yeah, yeah. um or even distress purchases somewhere exactly exactly it, yeah um so yeah that that was definitely one of one of the highlights of the meet the brewers really um the brooklyn one um so. For me, it was just really interesting with all the Meet the Brewers, uh, including the Thornbridge directors themselves on the Beer O'Clock show. It was like it was all just really interesting to hear about that. Obviously, they're all brewing good quality beer. We're up in Bakewell, which is you know bordering on edge of the Midlands, gateway to the, the north, gateway to the north. <laughs> so kind of a traditional kind of cask beer drinking fraternity really yeah. and there was lots of talk about putting the stuff on cask etc etc and it was just it was fascinating to hear them all going most of the brewers were like we would love to do our stuff in cask but people won't pay the price they don't want to no. buy the cask barrels in at the price that needs to be to produce that quality beer and as we know even around here locally people don't want to pay more than £3.20 £3. for a pint of no, exactly yeah, so. that. I mean, so, you know, Rich from um, Magic Rock, you know, uh, and uh, and also Brad from Tiny Rebel, you know, they were both saying 
they, they love Caspia. They, they grew up on Caspia. Um, they want to keep producing it, but their, their actual output of it is pretty low because they will now only send it to places they know that can look after it, charge a reasonable price for it, and, and hence the small quantities that they do now. Other people, you know, um, Northern Monk say that basically they do almost zero. I mean, you, you might see the occasional cask on in their tap room. Eternal and things like that. Yeah, um, but apart from that, almost nothing. They're not, because they said they're not really geared up for full-on cask production anymore. Um, mm. So it's, it's a bit of a shame because all of these people are really into, you know, something that is, when it's at its best, can be amazing. Yeah. But it's, I've still found, you know, it's such a lottery to find good cast beer, you know. It's also interesting about the Thornbridge um, brewer. He was saying that... Um, oh, Rob, the to, head yeah, brewer, yeah. In order to make some of their beers, the difference between cask and keg or cask and bottle or, or whatever they're doing, they use different yeasts, don't they? Yes, in Jaipur, it's... Different it's, um, yeast strains, yeah. depending on what dispense method you're putting it into. Yeah. But I just yeah. assumed it was, you know, right, we're just going to rack it up into this yeah. rather than this. Yeah, you know? yeah so quite interesting... <laughs> So, yeah, so obviously that's got to, you know, you've got to re- know when you're brewing it that you're going to do so much for cask, so much for keg, so much for bottle, so much for yeah. can or whatever. So, yeah, that was, um, that was interesting. It was interesting, and it was, like you say, a bit of a recurring theme, really, uh, which, as an aside, um, I didn't make it over there, but there was a Meet the Brewer with um, Black Country Brewers Founds brewing at Twisted Barrel uh, last Thursday. My friend of ours went over and they basically said the same well, thing. I don't know if he was on the previous previous show. Yeah. Uh, he, he went, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and basically the gist of it was they have to brew to a price. Um, over in the black country, people, they don't really want to pay more than three pound a it's pint. It's much more sensitive, isn't it, price-wise? Yeah. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. And they don't really reach out beyond that area because they're so small. So um, it's quite sad to think that, you know, they... they I mean, obviously some of their beers are, are big. We drank some of their impy stouts that have been mind-blowingly good. But generally, they, they brew kind of some run-of-the-mill beers that are ones that obviously are paying the bills, but they have to brew to a price so that it's not really more than three quid a pint, which is, you know, a bit sad, really. Um, but there you go. That's uh, That's probably a... A whole nother podcast, actually, beer pricing, <laughs> yeah, beer pricing and quite a contentious yeah. one as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think another another highlight of Peak Ender uh, was that they were doing free brewery tours uh, up at Thornbridge, which is only like a 20-minute walk out of the town, um, uh, which normally you have to pay. But over the Peak Ender weekend, um, they, you just, just walk up at the brewery and uh, they'd show you around. So uh, we went up on the Sunday morning and... Um, there had been a tour before us of which probably maybe not quite a dozen people but there's a few people came out of and then for the next sort of tour it was only the two of us wasn't there Uh, and so uh, Dominic Thornbridge Dom on Twitter uh, basically showed us around the brewery and it was just us so it was like a personal tour of the brewery which uh, which is fantastic really really good obviously loads of opportunity to ask questions and have a nose around and stuff it was it was uh, a real highlight of the weekend actually so um but then we come to the lowlights of the weekend. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. What was the lowlights then? Uh, well, the main lowlight, especially on the Saturday afternoon, was that it took us 45 minutes to get a beer. 
queues at the tent were just there was it seemed to be mid afternoon was it about three ish about three o'clock so why was it just so you only had one tent or so there were two tents tents, which was an advance apparently on last year where they had one but even so So the one tent was small but you could see a queue all the way outside even for that one and that only had like half a dozen that was mainly Thornbridge stuff if you wanted some of the guest beers you go over to the main beer tent which had a bar that was probably I don't know, nearly 100 feet long or something. Yeah. It was massive, but it was about six deep. It was six deep. And so why was it so slow? Well, well there was plenty of staff on, wasn't there? There were, there were plenty of staff, but there was it was a combination, I think. Um, so some of the beers they were pouring, a lot of the, they were doing a lot of cast beers, which obviously can take a little bit longer to pour than keg. Um, we then got to a point where we got... So there had been a bar tender in front of it the bit where we were queuing if you like mm. um and just as i got to the bar that person disappeared off mm. and i think what had probably happened is they got collared by some uh, another person you know another member of, uh, another punter further down the line and it's one of those things where once you've got stuck in a particular spot you mm. can't move because you've just got this steady stream of punters of so we had yeah. this there was probably about a six foot section of which we were in where there were no bar staff to take our orders so we were stood there for about another 20 minutes just trying to get somebody to come to us and you know it kind of it wasn't their fault as mm. you know the staff were going as fast as they could but it was just it was just that sh- they were shit purely overwhelmed with people mm. with suddenly wanting a beer because that was when the sun had come out it was a lovely this is it, the friday the day before it was not really a problem yeah. you'd maybe wait five or ten minutes if that probably five minutes or something like that to get served but saturday yeah. afternoon i think there may have been a lot of day trippers you know just like yeah. going down there for the day so the crowd swelled up massively was it the case of there were also people wanting to try try a beer before they actually bought it Sometimes. I didn't, I didn't see too much of that going no. on. I saw a couple of people, but to be honest, when you got six, like low, you know, was six it halves feet, or pint, or was it like thirds you could, you could or do yeah, whatever you wanted? Right. Um, so, so if you wanted maybe, a pint of twelve percent impy stout, you could have it. Um, <laughs> but maybe smaller pours might be an idea. Yeah, I'm not sure whether that made such a difference. Really, I mean, you know, it's it's been noted by the powers that be sure, from, from the sure conversations yeah. we've had. So I think it will be smoother next time. I think the other thing um, is just seeing what was available, isn't it? Yeah. Really, if well, you get hemmed into a certain bit of a bar that is like so long, mm. um, it's th- there was no big menu up above the back or whatever it was like a normal pub where you see what's on the taps and the taps that's 20 feet in the other direction you're not sure what's on them or whether it's still there or not there's probably a lot of indecision by the punters maybe yeah that could be it as well well, slowing things up and sometimes I wonder if that was a little bit of it as well because when we were queuing you were like right I'm going to have one beer and then you might while have seen we were waiting, something else yeah. and then gone oh, and then while we were waiting yeah. we, heard, we overheard oh no that's kicked at the moment and then so mm. oh right oh, okay well I'll have this one instead oh no and then by the time we got there no that's gone now so suddenly you're then and during that with, long queue on the Saturday yeah. afternoon two beers I wanted went yeah. within the time I was queuing which I wasn't in the best of moods yeah. after that and also um, it was one of those things where if you were aware of a beer that you wanted and you say let's say we were in the middle of the the whole the middle of the tent that's where we were queuing mm. um 
but the beer that we wanted, say, was right down the other end of the fence. Of course, the poor bar sellers, you know, they've, the bartender, they've got to walk all the way down there, come back, you know. Um, I'm sure that'll work out. Work oh, out. I think, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, no, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was noted. They all knew about it. Even Simon, what's his name? Simon Walkden. Uh, yes, C- yes. He's the C. EO or COO or... One of the two. One, yeah. yeah, one of the... <laughs> even he realised at one point... That he was, was doing like, a shift. Oh, he so was, he jumped behind the bar. He was doing so. a shift as well, yeah. Um, they so they I, tried I, their best, bless them, to, to clear it, but it was just a bit of a... You know. thing is, it was fine again on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just the, the Saturday peak times... <laughs> no pun intended. Put it above. Yeah. So to be honest, that that was probably the, the low light, but it was a specific portion of the Saturday, and yeah. it didn't really uh, affect the whole weekend. And, um, but and it's not put us off. We are thinking we'll go again next year. Oh yeah, it's know, a great place to go. So yeah, it's it's. I'm of the opinion of no, don't just dismiss them out of hand because you know of one for one thing let's try again next year see what happens and then yeah yeah absolutely okay so what were our beery highlights of pecander um for me a couple that stood out really um one of them was k's for creek by brooklyn which was actually a brooklyn ghost bottle um we missed the ghost bottle talk which was i think on the saturday um uh, with with Garrett Oliver, where uh, that that one got signed up for massively quick, so it was oversubscribed, so we couldn't get in on that. But there was a box full of goodies left, wasn't there? After the yeah. Sunday, uh, meet the brewer with him yeah. after his talk. So he basically, like the Pied Piper, left the tent uh, and went out back into the open again and found a table. And there was basically all these people following him, and then he starts cracking open ghost bottles and all sorts of stuff. Um, K is for Creek, yeah, massive barrel aged. Um, uh, you know, cherry infused uh, kind of uh, kind of beer, which was just amazing. Uh, and then uh, the other standout for me was the salted caramel Lucharia by uh, Thornbridge, which yeah, full on dessert beer, and um, had that on cask, and that was uh, yeah, you had that on cask. I had it on keg on the Friday night, and then I tried yours on cask yeah. whenever whatever day you had it and I was like ooh actually this is better on cask than it is on I think it suited the style yeah, yeah. That, that was a big old like yeah. uh, dessert kind of porter stout kind of thing uh, really good what was your highlights? mine were um, well Jaipur which is obviously um, Thornbridge's a, cl- a classic classic the, the, the which benchmark beer yeah. I'd never had before because normally I, as you all know I don't normally like hoppy beers but maybe I'm my tastes are changing a little bit more. You'll yeah. get it. You're finally getting me onto the hop side. Yeah. So I had the bottle of Jaipur, um, and that was really good. It could also have been done. Um, uh, Jules, who runs the hop hideout in Sheffield, yeah. uh, one of the bottle shops in Sheffield, she did a um, a version of McKellar uh, McKellar Running Club on the Saturday morning. Yeah. So we joined in on that. Yeah, it's about seven k, <laughs> yeah. and it was brutal. No, no pun intended. As we're doing brute IPA, but it was brutal. <laughs> Nearly uh, killed me, but at the end of it, you got handed a bottle of uh, Jaipur, and that was my first ever taste of Jaipur, and I was so it could have been that, but also uh, <laughs> swung it for you. <laughs> swung yeah. it for me, um, and surprisingly, what was really good was. Um, Thornbridge are doing a 0.5% low alcohol beer called Big Easy. 
I was we were driving home on the Sunday so of course I I got nominated as the uh, driver um, thank you so <laughs> I was kind of like mm, there wasn't much in the way of soft drinks available at a beer festival as you can imagine so I was like okay well let's try their low alcohol beer it was really really nice it was really good very drinkable um, and their Hefeis and Versa was also really good another stand up here yeah time as well so yeah oh, good so, stuff yeah um, so yeah, in terms of it was a bit of a social as well. Obviously, we got to see the Bureau Clock Show guys again. It's good to see Stephen Martin and say uh, say hi to them. Uh, and also, we met up with the Sheffield Hotcast guys, James and Adam, uh, and we did feature in a mini interview on their uh, Peakender special. So once again, seek them out, Sheffield Hotcast. Uh, they're on iTunes and all other good and maybe not so good uh, podcatchers. Um, so check out their show too um, also um, oh yeah we caught up with uh, the legendary the bearded one and his wife Christine uh, legends uh, <laughs> amongst the local scene um, and um, yeah I think it was uh, overall I would I would go back there we'll go back again we cool. definitely recommend it and can I just say going back to the running thing again thank you to uh uh, to Jules not only for organising it but more importantly for sticking with me as I was definitely the slowest person there and she stuck with me all the way and uh, yeah so thank you very much for that there you go so yeah um, to sum it up great festival and we lucked out with the weather and I would say yeah pretty much certainly to go back next year so yeah yeah awesome stuff thank you um Charles, you've been to a few bits and bobs lately, haven't you? Yeah, I obviously didn't, unfortunately didn't make it up to Peak District. Um, wasn't quite willing to stay in a tent. Um, but <laughs> Don't blame you. No. Yeah, but um, yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next year. But yeah, last few weeks, kind of a couple of bits and pieces, went up to, across to Brum, to Fabulous Tilt. Um, oh yeah, Tilt. Hype yeah. Train Alert. There was the Finback Tap Takeover, so they had a lot of... Um, Sort of fresh IPAs in, and I think the one I remember was the People Power, which is a beautifully made IPA, all the juice basically, um, and that went really well. Um, and then last Sunday went down to West London, went and visited uh, my cousin's girlfriend's place, which is the Dodo Micro Pub, which is West London. It's in Hanwell, uh, well worth visiting. Kind of like seven taps of, of cask beer, yeah. um, craft kind of stuff. Um, and then after that, we popped down ten minute walk to the Weird Beard Brewery open day. Um, so they were showcasing some new beers on keg in the brewery. Mm-hmm. And then three units down, they were selling some rare bottles as well. Um, mm-hmm. Great atmosphere. Generally, it was a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, everybody was outside, um, and they had a one-off cask of Sadako. Imperial Stout, nine percent, which is I've had that before. Yeah, uh, absolutely that's a, that's stunning. A big one. Yeah, a real big beer, like nine percent. Um, and they also had barrel aged version of Fade to Black, which is a black IPA, which they do, mm-hmm. which again was absolutely beautiful. Um, and then the only other one was a week before we a group of us went to Twisted Barrel uh, in Coventry for their sort of annual bank holiday sort of end of summer kind of yeah. festival yeah which we all went to um have really good time and they had some very interesting beers on cask and keg I forget how many cask beers they had there was in. quite a few i mean that's that's the main difference obviously they've got a big yeah. keg tap selection anyway normally but for this in the brewing area they, yeah. they rack up a load of um 
casks and I'd say probably well over a dozen about a dozen maybe yeah yeah and again a lot of kind of very varied styles on offer and I think pretty much the university that everybody said how good the wild weather obsidian mm. was which was like yeah. a blueberry blueberry um impy stout wasn't yeah, it it was absolutely beautiful incredibly drinkable for the abv yeah. um and yeah we had a good time although the weather wasn't quite matching what it was at the weird beard open day it was peeing it down all day <laughs> it was so yeah. we migrated inside their lovely facility um inside isn't it their new their sort of new premises which they've been in now for been in a while now haven't they but this was i just think under a year, the first was well, certainly the first autumn bank uh, August bank holiday uh, one that they've been in the new place yeah. yeah they moved in about October last year didn't yeah. they or something so yeah. They were, yeah but there was so. loads of space to chill out in and yeah. um, loads of good beers it's and good, yeah, we, had, we had a good time it's good yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the trouble with that obsidian wild weather one was was that um, so we turned up what about three o'clock or something yeah about three four o'clock and uh, went up to the Caspar and it was like oh yeah that one's about to go that one's about to go so have it so you start off on an 8% you know yeah <laughs> it was um, yeah where do you go from there then it's a and then when we were still there a few hours later there was still tiny little dregs still left wasn't it there, was so. still it was still going strong but you know you can't take that risk when there's a beer that uh, it was foam you know FOMO yeah. strikes it's in the format and, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely I'm impressed with Wild Weather actually I've had a couple of their other beers before as well I think in cans and stuff and um, yeah uh, they're down Reading Way I think as well yeah um, not many miles away from Siren I don't think yeah elusive and all that so yeah and they, they, they you know they kick out some interesting styles and um yeah, that was definitely a real standout. I think they're doing a collab with Twisted Barrel at some point in the near future as well, from what I heard. So um, that'd be interesting. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Definitely. Yeah, so, um, yeah um, that that was probably st- the star of the show for me, actually, that uh, Obsidian. Um, but there was some other pretty damn good stuff on there as well on that yeah, day. Yeah, so. a lot of their own, obviously, the, a lot of their own stuff. But yeah, no, it was... Um, but... Yes, going back to our fav- my favourite subject of uh, beer lists or whatever, at least they had a uh, printed beer list that we could all... Uh, Old school, yeah, pick up your piece of paper and then you can actually really tick, quite literally, off the beers. Which grabbing. ones you want. A ticking paradise. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, there you go. It's It's been an interesting uh, you know, few weeks of uh, interesting beery stuff. Um, right, so we've got another beer in front of us now, haven't we? We have indeed. What have we got? So we've got the uh, Cloudwater Lower Than Zero. Um, so they brewed this with their Canadian friends, Collective Arts and Hamilton. Again, it's a brute IPA. Hamilton, New Zealand? No, uh, Hamilton, uh, Canada, Hamilton, is it not? Canada. Oh, is it? Right. Yeah. Don't know. I think. Um, yeah. Um, they've said that this is... Um, they've slightly soured it with their house... No, I, lactobacillus. Lactobacillus. <laughs> lactobacillus. See, we know so, that one. Yeah. So I can't can say the other word. I can't say this one. Yeah. Lactobacillus culture. Um, it's fermented with champagne yeast and dry hop during fermentation with equinot and citra. BBC. Um, what else does it say on the can? If I can read it. Yeah. Sorry. Ham- um, going back to sorry, Hamilton. Yeah, it's it's um, Canada. The yeah. Canadian right yeah. brewery. So. Okay. Yeah, it's been uh, the bittering hops are Pilgrim. Uh, C- Alpha CO two extra. Is, yeah. They use that as a yeah. standard bittering addition. So, um, I think. Yeah. Cloud yeah. water, but in the glass again, it's like it's got that sort of effervescence, moderate haze. Yeah, uh, it's slightly yeah. darker than the one the hot fizz we've just had. Yeah, Not a massive amount of head retention, actually. It's actually I was noticing as we poured it, the, the carbonation's 
quite similar to a sparkling champagne almost. Yeah. It's very, the bubbles small are bubbles. very small. Yeah. yeah. And it, it looks quite like a champagne with the way it's pulled out. Um, but on the aroma, it's, it's quite, it's, it's, it's obviously very, very champagne-y. Mm. I think it's got more of a, an aroma than the hot fizz. Yeah. But it's got that slight acidic kind of sourness creeping in there, which I'm, for me, I'm just not a massive fan. But mm-hmm. let's give it a go. Cheers. Mm. Cheers, yeah. Okay. That's dry. That's very, yeah. very, very dry. Whoa, yeah. that's dry. Yeah. Um, I wonder dry. if the, the sour aspect of it is it's not necessary, do you think? Know. Well, I certainly think it's adding to the dryness. Yeah. So you, you, you know, lower than zero is is an apt name because it's it feels drier than the last one. Definitely. It's what I'm finding with with both of these that we've had so far is, apart from with this one, I've got a very slight hint of smoked sausage at the back of my. Really? Show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Random. But, but if I the more I have, the less that goes right but i think predominantly actually apart from dryness i'm getting nothing i'm getting no lingering aromas flavors whatever's in my with my palate so it's it's almost kind of it's quite difficult to distinguish it's, from one to another and it's kind of disappearing isn't it yeah and there's nothing really that's making me kind it's of actually, go oh it's quite a bitter finish yeah mm, um which I didn't think I didn't get necessarily yeah. that off the hot fizz. This is a bit more bitter. It's a bit kind of it's it's yeah. It's definitely um, more bitter than the hot fizz. Definitely, um, it's obviously incredibly dry again. Which yeah. Is, yeah, which is obviously the end goes of the beer. Goes with the territory. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure about mm. that. It's. I think it's. They've nailed what they were trying to do. I think, but let's put it like this. Right. Not sure obviously, we're like we're it. sharing this. I don't think I'd want to drink. Uh, yeah, a full can. I think a whole can would yeah. be yeah. Well, this is a, hard work. What, I think. Is that four forty? Four forty. Four forty, isn't it? Yeah. So we've yeah, we've oh. just split this in three, and it's yeah. plenty. Really. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I think what I'm getting from, obviously, only having had the two so far. Yeah. There's nothing really that's making me go, oh right, that style that gives me that flavour or. Is that this not selling or, you the style then? No, no, it's it's kind of. I'm not hating it. And if that was all that there was on, um, I would go for one. It wouldn't. It's not like I don't think we're in a world where a brute IPA is a distressed purchase, though. I think no, that's proper, no. proper niche in it. You know. No, but like with me, if I've got um, a West Coast, if there's a West Coast um, IPA on, so old school bitterness. Yeah, yeah, I'm very unlikely to go for one of those, am I? Because I don't like that real mm. bitter thing at the back of my throat. Mm. Whereas if somebody said oh here's one it's a brute IPA I'd be like okay I know I'm not going to get any I shouldn't be getting any super bitterness I'm going to get lots of dryness but equally I'm not going to get any overwhelmingly fantastic memorable flavours that or tastes that I'm going to be like oh yeah I'm remembering that for mm. ever afterwards or so yeah it's, I'm not sure I'd go put this style. One, I'm not sure I'd go and buy another one of those necessarily mm. No, probably not. But is it a style that you would go for? So I'm saying I, if if it was a, if there was a beer on and I could go for it, if that was all that there was, I would go for it. Is it something Ooh. you would go out, you two? And I don't personally, so far anyway, out. think I would seek We've, out brute IPA as a style. 
I would probably, if there's a good selection available, it wouldn't be the first thing I'd go for. I just think, I don't think we've tried enough. I mean, obviously we're trying a few tonight and I guess we'll get a better, better view, an idea of what we like out of the style. Um, but so far, yeah, I'm a bit undecided on it, mm. put it that way. Um, it's, it's uh, also doesn't help because there's no we don't benchmark, have, yeah, we, is there? We don't have a benchmark. Yeah. Sort of I think it's just the thing with a new style, isn't it? Because it's, yeah, as you say, what is the benchmark? Is this the benchmark? Or was the siren one the benchmark? Or all we know is it should be dry. Yeah. From I guess un- unless we've tried the beer that's actually that was originally brewed by Kim Sturdivant mm. in San Francisco, I guess yeah. we don't know what yeah, is comparable that, to yeah, that. Exactly. But, well, yeah. Was that even a happy accident in a way? Not well, quite that, but you know what I mean. It's like, well, what if I take this enzyme and stick it in a normal IPA? Um, it almost was was a kind of let's just try this sort of thing, you know. In, in, I suppose as well. I think it would just be interesting to see what um, route it goes down, mm. what bre- what the brewers choose, yeah. in terms of what hops complement it best, as we were talking about earlier, and yeah. what malt bills are going to work best, and yeah. when they're going to use the enzyme. You know, are they going to use it early? Are they going to use it in the fermentation? you know in the mash I know that some people have used it some brewers have used it in the mash and not had particularly I think good results majority have been using it in fermentation, fermentation stage aren't yeah. they yeah so it's so outside it, yeah it adds a little bit more time uh, for the beer to ferment it takes a bit longer to break down all the sugars but mm. yeah I mean and it's like yeah so this the cloud water they've also used champagne yeast yeah. whereas what did Siren use did they just use I the I don't know if it was specified I'm a low glucose today's enzyme that's <laughs> see the one. I can still say that <laughs> um, did they just use that and then normal yeast or you know and that so I suppose yeah there is a yeah. little bit of you've still got that experimentation with your yeasts and your, like you said your malt bills and your hops and which ones go best and whatever but yeah I just think I think I'd like to have seen Cloudwater just basically just do a straight up brew and maybe not necessarily have to sour mm. it mm. yeah I don't know if that was necessary actually haven't they just introduced the sour pilsner yeah. or something yeah so that was a collab they did with Stillwater yeah which was like a soured fruited pilsner mm. which again I know um, you. I think you follow Camel Nate yeah the campaign yeah. for Exton Lager yeah. I think he was a bit or one of them on the group was a bit sort of upset that they'd try to mess with a good recipe but you know yeah but although they have it's not like overly overly sour is it it's not like not really it's, it's quite sour. light yeah um, exactly but I just I just it's a little bit odd for me yeah the lactobacillus is I don't there. think it has a great drinkability you know we've all said do you know what a sampler is as much as we'd want of it um, it's nothing that, and this isn't anything to do with how strong it is. It's just, it's slightly difficult to drink. I'm finding a hot, hot fizz was definitely easy to drink. Yeah, we had obviously we had more of a, put, a measure as well, yeah. didn't we? Because we had two bottles, but yeah. this is, you know, this is plenty. I'm just finding the whole style difficult to drink because it just leaves my mouth so dry. So, so basically, <laughs> arm yourself with a pint of water as well, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is also so. Going back to my slight bugbear about when we go to bug beer festivals and stuff yeah. about well what beers are on what you know do they produce a beer list um, how do you know what's on all that kind of thing part of the reason why I get so hung up if for want of a better word about it is because 
I know I've got a slightly limited range in the type, types of beers that I want to drink. So it's no, I, I'm not just going to just go, oh, I can see that tap in front of me, right, give me a half a pint or a third or, you know, whatever of that. Either because of the strength of the beers and depends on whether I want something that strong, but also because of the style. Mm. So part of me liking beer lists is because I want to know what style it is so that I can choose which mm. one which ones I want to go for and that's kind of what I get out of business there's an event for you it's called Dark City <laughs> yes <laughs> all yeah. the dark beers <laughs> yeah. um, and then Hop City you know. <laughs> yeah yeah but 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 that's that was kind of my question to you two really it was like so we're obviously starting to, well we've certainly started to go to a lot more beer festivals this year yeah um, mm. and it's kind of like so yeah, what do you want to get out of a beer festival? Is it is it just, well, I just want to drink beer and I don't mind what beer and I like the socialisation? Or is it that you want your, I want the, the next big thing or the FOMO beer or the... I, I think it's, a, it's basically, for me, a mix of meeting up with other people you know of a like-minded interest and being able to try beers that you wouldn't otherwise be able to try. And this is perhaps my bugbear with some of the more locally organised beer festivals where there's a load of uh, beer racked up and basically it's all the stuff that you could find locally. Mm. And it's like, well, well, what's the point of that, really? You know, for me, it's about trying new stuff, trying smaller measures of really different and out there kind of beers and catching up with people. But if you don't know what they've got mm. on until you turn up, are you just kind of like quite happy to just go for No, I would like anything? to know what's going to be you on. Want to know I would like to know what's going to be on. Yeah. Also then have that list in front of you to remind yourself of what was on well, I think, what you um, wanted. Uh, same with you I mean, John. a lot of, um, you know, the craft beer festivals, the big ones at the moment, namely Indie Man and, and Beavertown Extravaganza, which is going on as we speak, they've released apps. Well, they've had apps for a while that have had updated beer lists, and I think that, uh, that's very yeah, useful that's what to I, have live kind of um, I think updates. that's bang on. I think that's absolutely bang on so obviously we've, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously we've got Indie Man coming up in a few weeks, yeah. um, and, that, and obviously beer lists will come out and they'll be available to look at via... A, you know, variety of different ways. Yeah. Whether it's on your computer, your phone, your tablet, whatever. Because um, I think that's where I've been. I've been thinking. Oh yeah, I look at the list beforehand, like we did with the Thornbridge one, and it was just like, all right, okay, yeah, I might be interested in that, might be. But then you know, I then promptly forget what's yeah, going on. And then I turn up and I'm like, oh. But the impression, it, the impression I got from Peak and just from sort of seeing the various posts and obviously chatting to you guys, but it was a bit more of a. And more on the side of being a kind of a social kind of yeah. event, yeah. Whereas yeah. the beer was obviously important, and mm. you know that they did, and they did have a very good list. But it seemed to me that it wasn't you weren't necessarily always chasing the something that was ultra rare. Yeah. It's like you'd but, go, you'd go and have a Jaipur, or you'd go and have. One of yeah, the you're ones, absolutely right. It you know. wasn't that kind of festival. It was more a social, being outdoors. There's some good music on as well and stuff like that. But although beer was a big part of it of course it's yeah. it's like um i think like the guest breweries there yeah. were probably running like two taps at a time um so you you weren't going to get a, a massive amount of variation other than like 
the Thornbridge stuff, of which they did put so many special and, beers on that weekend. And plus, it probably helps help that you were there for you know you were there for a couple of days. Yes. Yeah. Whereas something like Hop City or a session at Hop City or a session at Indie Man yeah. is such a short period of time that you nest, you probably will go rush to go and try. You know, some the of the next, hyped up beers. Yeah. It's know, like supermarket um, sweet, isn't it? It's kind of like you know, I'm not I've got gonna, five hours now to drink all the FOMO beers. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, when when I saw Other Half and the Veil appear on the list of Indie Man, I'm I'm like, yeah, that's probably yeah. where I'm gonna gonna yeah. spend a bit of time at. And, I'm and not you, worried but about that. you've already made notes of that of like, yeah, those are the ones I am. Not really. I just get. just saw the the brewery yeah. list and they caught my eye and I was yeah. like, okay, that's that's pretty interesting and you know I will so you've kind of got that already mapped out though a little bit of you know where yeah. you want to go but, but I won't kind of yeah I'm not kind of not going to kind of worry too much if I miss out on something but yeah I will try and get to those if I can so, yeah it's interesting though isn't it yeah. that whole how do we you know what do, what do we want out of a beer festival why are we going and, and yeah it depends on which ones we're going to as well it's like yeah, yeah. for me I'm yeah. just how many how many seasons have they got or how many wheat bits you know I'm kind of or oh, stouts or you, you like know, a list so, don't yeah, you you I like do. to know what yeah. you're going to be able to find that's fair play <laughs> yeah that's fine that's fine so uh, okay we got another beer in front of us what we have, have we got in, now we have indeed so we've got beer by Marble which is called Flying Triangle which is 7.4% ABV um, so they did actually release a blog post about the same time, well, just before the beer was released, actually. And what they've done, this is their second iteration of a brute. So the first one they did, they launched a little while ago, which was Guillotine. I think yeah, we, tried I think that. we yeah. tried that and enjoyed it. So this one, they've made a few alterations and improvements, they reckon. So what they've basically done um, with Flying Triangle they have changed the malt bill slightly. So for guillotine, they use an IPA-based, uh, built a base around it um, to give it the colour and, and maltiness, keep, keep the maltiness low um, with a touch of wheat. And I think they've kept that quite similar to this one, from what they're saying. Um, Da, da, da. Yeast, they looked and tried different yeast for this one. Uh, the house yeast was performing well for it in terms of attenuation numbers were good um, the ester profile is what they wanted um, and yeah they've they've really only made minor changes with the malt I think water treatment um, they say is the most important part in designing this beer so the hardness and the irons will greatly dictate the profile of the beer is what they're saying. Uh, the brute IPAs, they use salt to create mouthfeel and body that you would lose from having no sugars. Um, so you allow, that allows the brutes to be very dry and drinkable, yet still hold that hot profile they're looking for. So yeah, mm. um, it's an interesting one. So basically they're just making it even more drinkable, um, like a crisp white wine. Um, using Huel Melon and Hamatal Blanc as dominant hops with a sprinkling of Nelson to bring them together. Um, so yeah, Flying Triangle's basically picking up where Guillotine left off, big hop aroma, crispy body, and sparkling drinkability. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like their, their second generation second IPA, and this is how quickly it's moving at the moment, that mm-hmm. they're already on to kind of like, yeah, we did this, it was good, but now we've tweaked it, and 
Interesting that they've called it a completely different name, though. But I suppose it is classed as a different beer, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and the, you know the ABV is slightly higher on this one as well. I think from the previous batch. But yeah, in so terms what of are we getting? color, it, it, we were just saying actually when we poured it, it's a lot clearer than the other yeah. ones. Yes, it's definitely. Um, yeah. It's the away. lightest of haze, isn't it? Yeah. Although there are a few uh, little bit of sediment at the bottom. Yeah. Minor. Yeah. Carbonation again, it's got that kind of very kind of small sort of bubbles, yeah, rising up. Um, but there is a tiny bit more head than there was with the cloud water. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. If you swill it around, it can you get something, but but massive aroma, Mm. real kind of punchy aroma, and it's so incredibly drinkable. I mean, it's like it's got that little bit more sweetness. Mm. Um, it's almost got the better balanced, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost got the neeper sweetness. Almost, so yeah. So I'm kind of getting... Whereas with the other two, mm. I was really not... Like I said earlier, I was really not getting anything taste-wise. Mm. Just the bone dryness. Yeah. With this, I start off with a bit of taste. Mm. So what they're saying... then it leads into bone dry, you know, mm. so... So what they're saying here, we talk about the balance of whether it's sweet or dry. Mm. Um, how they balance that. They basically brew it like a New England IPA with these high impact hops but no, with no bitterness so that's one area small aroma charge to give the lights hint of bitterness and foundation for the other hops to stand on no bittering charge uh, was added a tiny aroma of alpha hops and a huge dry hop leading to very little bitterness again mm. so it's mainly yeah hop additions of what giving that the balance really I find yeah. it to be more like a it's very whiny uh, and I, I think it's just got, uh, it's just like a, a slightly sweeter kind of wine, mm. but I think it's quite wine-like. Um, but it just makes it that more drinkable, I think. Crisp, very crisp as well. It's yeah, yeah, it's good. Do we think we could give these beers to a wine drinker and say, I think try these instead? I think and, could. Yeah, I think you have to kind of perhaps sort of say, you know, maybe not. This is a beer. But just like, hey, is this alcoholic drink? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just try it, and because you don't want anyone to have any preconceptions, it's, you know, for people who perhaps don't like beer and they think of it as like brown and twiggy type stuff, um, this is as about as far away as you can get from that, isn't it? Really, mm. this is this is something different again. Well, I suppose yeah, your traditional what people think of as beers and I know having spoke to a lot of predominantly females who tend to like more ciders or wines Mm. they either A don't like the well mainly don't like the bitterness that you get with with beer or the malts well obviously with these beers you're getting you're not really getting either are you you're definitely getting no bitterness but you're not really getting an overly malty. No, no, drink absolutely. Either, are you? No, you're so, not. You're not. It is probably the most wine-like mm, beer that I think I've ever had. Yeah, because I've it's often said style. about saisons. I've said, yeah. you know, give somebody a saison and that doesn't normally say they like beer, and they might like, mm. um, they might like a saison. But the trouble with saisons is they can sometimes be a bit too well, you, funky or too exactly. sour or too extreme whereas this is kind of quite you can't be sending people to the funk dungeon without warning you know what I mean <laughs> it's quite clean isn't it I mean it's, yeah. it's quite a clean kind of made, well made beer I mean it's it's pretty fresh 
it's very fresh. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like, again, reading the blog post, it sounds that this is sounds like they're just going to continue to sort of tweak it here and there and kind of mm. create a series really of brutes, which is exciting really because yeah. it shows that they're not they're not necessarily hundred percent happy with with the batches that they do and they're just trying to improve really. Although it makes you think, is it a case of this is a new style? We've got to get one out quick because it's it's a bit of a bandwagon. We'll we'll put one out um, and and then we'll tweak it later. Or I don't think that, is I mean, that just the, the the nature of the beast anyway? Of like we just can it's a, a process of continual improvement. Well, I suppose it's that classic. As a brewer, do they want to keep ex- slightly experimenting and improving, mm. or do they just want to go in day after day and? Um, just I think it'll be the same thing to a recipe, you know. It'll be interesting to kind of see what happens, say six months down the line, when yeah. like at the moment breweries are just trying to just latch on to the fact that it's mm. something different and new mm. and a result just get a brewery IPA yeah. out into the marketplace but yeah. six months time how many of the breweries are going to stick with it that'll be the most interesting and telling kind of and of course reason. at the moment there isn't a no brewery has put a brew IPA out as a core range have they no they're all still it's way on, too early on, for yeah, doing that exactly so at the moment they've got the it's still opportunity to mm. experiment yeah. because it's not core once you go into once it becomes your core range then you've got to brew it to the same there is an element then of, time, of yeah kind of uh, it's it's core range people like it you know it's like you don't get them going oh we're just going to tweak London Pride a little bit uh, at Fuller's you know yeah. it's like no that is what it is it's a benchmark beer and yeah, I get what you're saying. And interesting, it, it also going back to Cloudwater, I think they actually um, released a an experimental batch of Brew IPA, which was non-sour. I just actually looked it up. Right. They've so the first one was zero zero one, and obviously that sounds as if it will be a series that they'll continue evolve. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe they're just going to can something mm-hmm. that's different and say um, but then Cloudwater have never gone court, they've never done a court they have no range, court range anyway they? do they so, um, they're trying to go down the route of like summer pale and yeah there'll probably be a winter autumn one or something and there are all effectively different beers though aren't they really and that's that's just the way they roll you know but uh yeah. Anyway, we got we got a little bit of news here, uh, although it's you know um, yet to happen in a couple of cases really. But a couple of places uh, in the Midlands uh, opening up soon. Um, I think we've mentioned it before, obviously, because it's been a fairly long gestation period. But uh, Pint Shop uh, are opening up next to the Welly on Bennett's Hill in the centre of Brum. Uh, it's now looking like uh, there'll be a soft opening week, third to 9th of October. Um, so this would be the third venue in the country after Oxford and Cambridge um, and as we probably said before yeah very much a kind of uh, great beer selection but gastropub kind of quality food um, definitely one to, to watch out for so that's a good one and then just in the last uh, we've, we've known about this for a while but Thornbridge Bar which is going to apparently be known as the Birmingham Tap is opening up in Colmore Row um, and it's an ex-Lloyds Bank site. Um, and this will be a joint venture with York-based craft beer wholesaler Piva, uh, Piva um UK, with uh, the two companies looking to create 10 new nationwide sites over the, the next five years. So that's, again, looking like an autumn 2018 
So is, is that their is that the confirmed name then, Birmingham Tap? That's what I've read. Yeah. So it's interesting because I know there was there was rumours, wasn't there, a few years ago about the Birmingham. guys behind Euston Tap yeah. and um, uh, is it Piccadilly right. Tap? Is it the other one? Well, the Manchester one's Piccadilly Tap, Piccadilly Tap, Sheffield Tap. I don't know if they're all linked at all. Is it? Harrogate maybe. Tap? I think the other one. Right. I think they're all kind of in the same family, but I know there was rumours for a while. So. And well, what about the? Looks like trademarking the name or something well just gonna they were just gonna call it Birmingham Tap yeah, that, was, yeah. that was kind of the thing I think yeah. Um, so, so yeah, interesting to, to, to see that yeah that would be good and mm-hmm. um, I believe after Birmingham York uh, will be the next one but um, yeah well, we're quite happy that, that Brum is the next one aren't we we're, absolutely uh, yeah. absolutely yeah. half an hour train ride away what's not to like uh, and then at the end of this month, um, we have the Cantillon Zwanzi Day happening on the 29th of September. I think we talked about this before. Uh, this year, Clink in Brum are one of the, uh, one of the, kind of one of the chosen venues, Yeah, uh, of which there's only about four or five in the UK, I think. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be heading on over there. There are still some tickets available for the 10 p.m. session. Um, on and Eventbrite, on, yeah, Eventbrite. Yeah. We're um, in the nine o'clock session. We're in on the nine o'clock session. So yeah, is it three sessions? I think three, three sessions. Three sessions. Yeah. Um, so basically, the deal mm. about it is obviously they brew a special beer, uh, which is tapped at eight pm globally. So uh, there's a whole list of bars like all over the world, and basically the first drink of it will be eight pm local time in each of those bars, and um, yeah, be interesting to see what it's all. about Have you heard any more about what? What it is, what style they've done, what I believe well, there's a sort style, of style, what flavour, what it's um, there's an Italian link to it yeah, this yeah. time, um, but I haven't got details to hand. Um, I think it would be quite on the sour side, though. I think, <laughs> yes. yeah, so um, yeah, remember. Take some Rennies with you. Other <laughs> indigestion remedies are available. Yeah. Um, Take Rennies with you. In all you. good high street. Yeah. Indeed. Um, <laughs> and then finally, something that only hit our radar just a few days ago. Um, yeah. It's a place in uh, Birmingham suburb, Shirley. Uh, Which is a bit up. closer for us, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Slightly. Although you've got to go into the centre of Brom, change trains and come back out again. Yeah. But um, yeah, Craft Inn. Um, I believe they've got another branch that's already been opened a while in Sutton Coldfield. Um, about 17 taps yeah. uh, drinking bottle shop kind of vibe um, definitely look forward to uh, checking that place out looks pretty decent yeah 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 looks yeah, good you were looking at some of the um, prices where it looks like they're going to do stuff at yeah it, it looks and, very very yeah. competitively priced a good, yeah. really good menu hmm. um, decent fridges um yeah, what's yeah. what's not to like? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll, we'll have to definitely pay that one out. Pay that one visit at some point. Yeah, we yeah. might have to, uh, you know, off. get over there somehow. Yeah, yeah. Brave the journey over to Shirley and uh, yeah. Yep. But with all the good news about openings, <laughs> some slightly some sad slightly news. sad news with a closure. Obviously, out of the Midlands in London, Mason and Co. Unfortunately, shut its doors uh, yesterday, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was a yeah real shame. Um, in Hackney Wick, aren't they? Just yeah. So not far from sort of beer merchants and the and the like. So in other words, because we went once. They're part of the Olympic Park. Part of the Olympic Park. We've been there a couple of times, I think. Really nice space. Um, From reading the announcement, I get the impression that uh, footfall in the winter months is quite low. It's very seasonal, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. and it's so seasonal that they really can't make the numbers work in the winter months. Whereas in the summer, because it's right by the canal and that, um, you know, there's, there's enough turnover 
for, for it to work well. Um, so, yeah, a, a sad um So it's not because of any really. demise of the scene or anything. It's more maybe more just where they located themselves. And, yeah. I mean, I do I remember th- when we did the... Have you been there, yeah. uh, Charles? Yeah, it's, it, yeah. It, it's, it's a tiny bit of a trek there, isn't it? Because there's still... Where they, well, were now is still a little bit kind of... Well, certainly when we went, it it's was... It's proper east. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking more just the Olympic Park itself and where they were. That they, they were still kind of... There wasn't much else around there, so... Mm. Yeah, I can see why in the winter it wouldn't be a destination place. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, but... since they've set up there, you've got um, beer merchants Hackney Wick setting mm. up there. So there is almost like a cluster of sites there now with Howling Hops as well. The experiment with the and yeah. Drop. Um, um, yeah, and just... so they're closing just at the time when there's other places have opened yeah, up Yeah, but I just wonder from where they are mm. or were... They were just that tiny little bit out, or oh. yeah. yeah, just not quite in the right location for them. Bless yeah. them. So we wish them well. Yeah, indeed. I, yeah, do we? Do we? Well, I suppose we, it's too early to know whether they found anywhere else that they can set up instead, or yeah, don't know for sure. But the, 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 there's, there's more to Mason and Co than just that, because aren't they? They've got a link in with Five Points, mm-hmm. um, and so Five Points, the brewery. Are doing well, and they've just bought another pub, the Pembridge Haven, which they're now doing out and going to be. Although not on the site of the brewery, it's going to be like a brewery tap. So I suspect that their focus will be on the Pembridge Haven now, yeah. um, and now with the closure of, of this venue. So there you go. It doesn't happen Absolutely. often, does it? But um, you know, onwards and upwards for for them as a company. Anyway, final thoughts on this one then. Do you know, it's, it's, it almost seems to have like cleared even more now to have almost like a, a wine-like clarity to look at. Um, yeah, it kind of looks like a... Um, to me, well, not being much of a drink... Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Do you want to start <laughs> that again? Not being much of a wine drinker. Yeah. But the wines I do like drinking are dessert wines, and I suppose all of them have got a slight dessert wine. Mm-hmm look about them because of the um, this has got the clarity that yeah. you, you would expect of a, of a, of a wine yeah. Um, yeah. or champagne and yeah. it's there's more fruitiness on the nose isn't there than with the other ones but is is that the hopping there's a bit of Nelson in this isn't there you know yeah uh, I forget what hops are in actually it's Hulmelon Hulmelon and Halatel Blanc and Nelson yeah so again perfect kind of New World hops yeah. for this particular style, which yeah, is what you said earlier, wasn't yeah. it? About the when we even when we started on the Siren one, it's like maybe the um, New World ones would be better. Would work best, and like we saw that with the Cloudwater one, which was like Citra and Equinot, I think. Mm, yeah. So kind of slightly different hop bill. Yeah, but yeah, this works really well, and it's let's say for seven point four percent. I mean, I think we've re- this is a big can and we're, we're racing through this really yeah yeah it's good uh, this is my favorite one so far yeah probably because it's got that initial sweetness it yeah. doesn't it, it doesn't immediately go to dry so yeah. it doesn't immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. make me kind of go oh have i just drunk something or not whereas yeah. yeah it feels like it's probably more closer to the style yeah of what it's intended to be yeah from what we've had but yeah um, yeah anyway this is uh yeah mm-hmm. taking the boxes cheers mm. Cool, so we're now on to beer number four, yeah, mm-hmm. final beer of the night, 
we've got a collab Northern Monks Patron, Northern Monk Patrons project, which is with Edge Brewing um, and John Simmons, the design illustrator of the artwork. So this is called What Fools These Mortals Be, which is a white grape brute IPA, and notes from the brewer are so Edge Brewing in Barcelona, um, and were the first international brewery they visited for a collaborative brew, and it's taken this long to finally get them to the UK for a return. So got a new style so with this one they were keen to go down the road of brewing with grapes um, mm. alongside their favourite mm. but hard to source hops Nelson so they fermented the IPA with a Kolsch yeast strain which okay. is sort of interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, so what they're getting is a super clean highly attenuative um, sort of yeast strain then they added 20 litres of white grape juice per barrel and then double dry hopped with Nelson again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hop lineup was then backed up with Halatar Blanc again, so we've seen yeah. that before, Citra BBC and Equinot Cryo pellets for a soft but crisp resinous IPA full of juicy grape, elderflower, apricot and lime zest. Mm-hmm. So, so interesting. They've, they've gone for the full on wine type uh, yeah. thing, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. They're not being subtle on, on the <laughs> no. wine sort of no. vibe or grape sort yeah. of thing. Exactly. But this is quite a bit hazier than this hazier is, than the marble one isn't it it's almost kind of like going back to the hot fizz that we had first yeah. in terms yeah. of the levels of haze yeah. moderate kind of haze um, on the nose it's fruity grape yeah definitely it's, yeah what do we think I mean it's it's that's good it's really great I know it's obvious but yeah it's really great no, grape to the front isn't it really? it's almost quite musty yeah. as well yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the grape or if that's the yeast, I don't really know, but mm. it's something quite different from what we've had. This this is definitely something you could give to somebody that is a wine fan, and you know, it's it's almost like a sort of uh, hybrid beer wine crossover, isn't it? Really? I mean, if you can't smell wine in that, I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. then you've never drunk yeah. wine. No, I, I. That is literally like a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, that is the most what. Whiny of the of the ones we've had so far. Yeah, 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 definitely. definitely. Again, it seems to be a thing. They are all super smooth and crisp. Mm. And yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. They are just incredibly easy to drink. I mean, you know, you could drink a bit of that, and yeah, yeah, and but the ABV will probably catch up with you in the end. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd, you'd be on your ass yeah. after a couple of counts of this. Well, yeah. Well, this goes back to that very. Obviously, there was that very interesting thing that's happened in the in Twitter sphere the last couple of weeks, because the um, the newspaper that I will not mention, yeah, um, obviously had that article uh, about um, oh the, the price of speedway style and the price out, of beer in general, blah and blah, and the price yeah. of beer in general and all of that kind of thing, and then it obviously led in the beer world to that whole thing of yes, okay, but you would not pay. You, you don't judge wine in the same way with your pricing. Mm. So, and it comes back to that, like we were saying earlier about people won't pay more than three pound a pint mm-hmm. for a pint. Yeah. It's, it's that whole thing, isn't it? About the difference between the, the beer cult, the beer world and the wine world mm. yeah. in terms of what people are prepared to pay, what volumes they drink or or, it's very compartmentalised, um, isn't well, it? Really, but also the um, how they drink them. 
beer is very much that pint culture, yeah. which was the what whole it is in this art- country. Yeah, yeah, which was that whole article mm. in that paper that was all about. Well, this then cost twenty three pound a pint, and I love. I don't know whether you saw. The tiny rebel, tiny uh, rebels uh, graphic, the that, graphic they that they replied around, with, which was which genius. Was like, <laughs> when it was just like other things that shouldn't be sold in pints. Yeah, but if they were, this is how much they'd be, and it was things like printing <laughs> and insulin yeah, and yeah. snake venom or whatever, yeah. or scorpion venom or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just. And I think somebody was asking whether they could make a t-shirt out. I think that was <laughs> yeah. me. Actually, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'd wear a t-shirt that said that guy. Yeah, but but. You know, and what's really interesting as well is obviously we're sitting here drinking these beers and we are drinking them. We're not drinking them out of pint glasses, we're not drinking them out of normal beer glasses, we're drinking <clears throat> them out of what it was given to us as a present so, as a port glass. Yeah. And we're quite happy with that. We've said the measures are right, the you know So I've actually you've actually found, <laughs> you the, found that the picture, picture so yeah. Things that should shouldn't be in pints, uh, priced as pints. So yeah. you've got the this uh, this sort of backstory of the certain yeah. newspaper which I'm not even going to give them any airtime. Yeah. yeah. Um, about Alesmith's being waste out the Hawaiian version so always been a pricey beer hasn't it so but this was great I'm sure everybody listening probably knows the story but anyway £22.50 a pint uh, then it goes to printed ink yeah at £311.73 <laughs> pence per pint yep then you go to insulin uh, at £1,085.28 per pint uh, then channel number five. Sorry. Oh, Chanel, Chanel number five. five. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. You can buy a TV station by the point. Yeah. <laughs> it's these damn high ABV beers. I can't even see correctly. Mm. Chanel number five. £3,001.84 a pint. And last but not least, Scorpion Venom. Yeah. Uh, that is four and a half million pounds a pint. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So suddenly... Elsmith Speedway. It looks like an absolute bargain, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, great kind of, uh, sort yeah. of marketing thing. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, I think the reason I got onto that rant was because like we were saying about that whole the, these beers and probably this one more than all of them is that kind of wine beer hybrid and it's that whole yeah and like you were saying this feels completely right to actually be drinking this in the port glasses we're drinking mm. it out of. Um, as you would a wine yeah. a, a port wine you know that kind of thing um, seems totally right I wouldn't necessarily want a pint of this well, no. as though it's easier drinking than, than the other ones I, I mean this is just personal preference but I, I quite like it but if you if you had a 7% you know New England style IPA I find it you know I, I, I couldn't drink it as quick as I would this no. yeah yeah, no, no exactly. way um but yeah, there's is, an element of drinkable, yeah. we've all said, haven't we? So we've had, so we started off with the siren. We had two, three thirty mil bottles, mm. and then all the rest have been four forty mil cans. Not was a, a five five hundred, yeah. Not not a pint. So initially, yeah. <laughs> you kind of you do that. We do you did that thing because Charles bought them. So you did that thing of like, oh, sharing between three. What are the pores going to be? They're going to be quite yeah. small pores. It's actually worked out but quite actually, well. Actually, it has worked out, out yeah. yeah. You know, and as people might be hearing from my voice, they're slightly getting to me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I couldn't distinguish whether that thing said Chang or Chanel. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, brute IPA. It's brute. You can't handle the brute. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it's that classic. It, this is the whole point. People have not realised that, no, some beer styles are best drunk in smaller measures. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know. You know, but I think we've, we've I mean, without going too far down this one, because I feel this is a whole show unto itself, mm-hmm. but um, pint culture and, and you know, it's so ingrained in this country that beer is something that is 4% ABV or lower. You drink six pints of it and then you stumble off home. And, you know, it's it's not that black and white for me you know there's, there's but, then but then that's our reason why we're in this kind of rabbit hole really yeah. absolutely craft beer is that yeah. we we actually think about what we're drinking yeah craft beer um, it's okay to drink halves you know or even thirds <laughs> or even yeah. thirds yeah. With, with beers like this if this was on tap somewhere which it probably is somewhere probably up at the um, the Northern Monk uh, well this uh, was on uh, Clink which is where uh, I, I think I tried that before tried yeah. ah right yeah so that I, I would have a third of it I'd be more than happy to have yeah. a third of it actually but the places yeah. you go invariably then have other really good stuff on. So it's not like you go somewhere and they have one good beer on, so you go, well, I might as well just drink a pint of it because there's nothing else good. Invariably, it's sold in places like Clink that, that have a great selection, and you're like, hang on, this is like a mini beer festival. I'll have a third of that, then I'll have a third of that, and a third of this. And, and you know, it becomes a mini beer festival. It's all about new taste sensations, trying smaller amounts of, mm. of really interesting styles like brute IPAs and this is where it's great for say Northern Monk and the whole Patrons Project kind of series is they can afford to kind of you know experiment and and try different different ideas Mm. no absolutely and and I think were you right in saying Simon there was a opportunity to basically have a subscription I think with Northern Monk yeah Northern Monk the other only a few days ago launched a um uh like a subscriber kind of thing where it's nine beers uh every month um, and they were kind of semi-trialing it so they only had 50 places up for grabs which went within the space of about half an hour oh, wow. um, they will be opening up more spaces again um, in the future but I think they're sort of dipping their toe into it um, <clears throat> is that a so, bit like the Brewdog fanzine like that only much better yeah um, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I, I am still a member of fanzine so uh, or a subscri- subscriber but yeah, um, a lot of people kind of opting out, kind of around now for various reasons. Um, I kind yeah. of agree, actually, what um, Steve from Beer Clock was saying about it, and how they kind of they seem to just be trying the same kind of beers over and over again, just variations mm, on a theme, just variations yeah. of, of, of the yeah. beer, and actually, there's not that variety that I think maybe people were expecting. I must mm, admit, because you know. I mean, we've never gone for subscription-based things anyway. Um, but yeah. when I first saw that, forget the other reasons why I've not gone for a subscription uh, services anyway. Yeah. It was a three new beers once a fortnight. I was there was a part of me that was like, how can you keep coming up with that many new beers every fortnight? And I think stuff that I've you, you said Charles now, really? and other people have said like you said Steve Clock and, uh, and various other people there's a little bit of it's getting a bit samey samey and formulaic and but whereas the patrons project I mean I've been just bowled over by mm. the quality and consistency that they're putting out but when do they put yeah. those out they're kind of um, they're 
I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's be... a release pattern. No, just... exactly. Yeah, I thought it was like nine beers a month, though, which actually is still a tall order. I have to probably reread the small print. But oh, what was the noon or the month? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's so... nine new beers. I'm assuming so. Well, yeah. I think the offer closed kind of like. I don't think it's going to be. It's not going to be nine patrons projects. I think it's going to be. Oh, just they'll supplement it with a bit of core range in there. Ah, as well. right, okay. Because yeah. it's not going to be that many patrons. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's you know they're not that frequent and collaborations don't just happen. You know, this is true. Really, so yeah. there will be a few in there, but there won't be nine. I think you know the thing for me is if I was going to subscribe to anything like that, that would probably get my money because. You know, we've talked about this before, but it's it's kind of like having belief in a brewery and trusting a brewery to put good stuff out. And Northern Monk, for me, uh, have never really let me down. Mm. Uh, I can't think of anything I've had that's been terrible by them. But the offshoot of, of this subscription service is, is our independent, our local independent in, yeah. in, in the town here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, those beers you might ordinarily get in, in that shop, you know, you're now getting... By delivered by yeah. directly from the brewery so yeah. I mean, yeah. it's difficult really yeah. um, it is it's yeah because you want to support local you want to support yeah. independence but also having the freshest patients projects delivered to your mm. doorstep is just quite uh, quite that's enticing a, a, that's good a lot of proposition people. isn't it yeah so we'll see you know whether we'll see how that pans out yeah see yeah. what happens but yeah, yeah good idea anyway yeah mm. So, final thoughts on uh, on what fools these mortals be, which is a great title. It's probably a reference to something <laughs> that's gone way over my head. But um, mm. patrons six point oh six. I think it's really decent. Yeah, I don't think it's my favourite actually. I think the marble one for me was killer. Yeah, yeah, it was just so bang on. I think for me, I'd go. Marble, this one, Siren, then Cloudwater. Cloudwater last, yeah, definitely yeah. for me. Pretty much, yeah, I'd yeah. feel pretty much similar, similar yeah. kind yeah. of but way, really. Yeah, the best two is between this and the, and the Marble one, really. Yeah, I think because of that Marble one, that was slightly sweeter and had that tiny bit more flavour and taste and mouthfeel yeah. initially. Yeah. The thing, more, I think the thing with this one is it has got that extra sweetness from the grape juice out of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, whether that has all fermented out, I don't know. Mm. It's, a, it's a brewer question, but it's got a little bit of that leftover sweetness, which is good, but I kind of preferred the marble way of being really kind of bone dry and, mm. yeah, not any sweetness at all, really. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's what I kind of like out of the style, really. So, yeah. Mm. I think yeah, well, yeah. again, it's all down to your own. No, absolutely. Sort of preference, really, isn't it? And you know, certainly from my point of view, when mm. we started this podcast a couple of hours ago, yeah, um, I've not really tra- tasted any brew IPA, so it's been quite interesting to. It's, it's funny how you go from not now being you're aware an, of now you're an expert of, on them. Now yeah. we're suddenly well, critiquing we're four and we're kind of yeah. going, you know. But in fairness, we've now got a bit of a reference. We've got reference yeah. points now. Well, no, no exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got our baseline, haven't we? So, yeah. Um, it's, been, it's been a good little journey. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's been a good journey. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'll look forward to trying more Brute IPAs, hoping the style does stick around because I think it's worth, um, worth doing that. And, um, yeah, I'll drink to that. So, um, Right, okay, that kind of rounds that much pretty pretty much up. Um, so 
thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe so that new episodes automatically turn up on whatever device you're using. Uh, leave us a review because this really helps us climb the whole iTunes rating chart and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you can follow us on all the socials, as the youngsters apparently call them these days, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, uh, old school email. Um, and yeah. Not no, 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 I'm not going there. I'm no. not going there. Um, so, yeah, uh, any feedback, much welcomed. Any requests for breweries or uh, beers for us to try, that's fine. If anyone wants to send us some beer to review, hey, send it on over. Drop us an email. Um, we're more than happy to, uh, to sample anything that comes our way. Um, so, until the next podcast. Cheers, everybody. Yeah, cheers. cheers. cheers.